What's going on, good people? And welcome to Live by the Three of Raptors podcast with your boy Curly. Give me a follow on Instagram at Live by the Period Number Three, and give me a follow on Twitter slash X at Live by the Zero Three. I think I'm just gonna call it both now, just to be clear. It's not called Twitter for obvious reasons, but enough about that. I'll stop joking about that. On December sixth, the Raptors were well rested to take on a Miami Heat team. Uh, Miami Heat team that was without Bam Adebayo, but we see the return of the growth. Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, and company. Uh, Kyle Lowry announcing that he will definitely be retiring a Raptor. So that's some feel-good news. But the Raptors had a job to do. Well rested. The roller coaster of a season continues, and the Raptors had an opportunity, being relatively the healthier team, to take advantage of. A Miami team that is without one of their, that is without Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. I can't believe I forgot about Tyler Hero not being in this game. Now, if you do recall from my previous pod when I was doing the preview for this game, I said that the Raptors had to match the physicality and the energy of this Heat team. This is a team with a never-say-die attitude. When you think they're out, they are not. They continue to surprise the NBA every season, uh, most notably the Eastern Conference making the finals last season, which I didn't think was going to happen. The Raptors only accomplished that situationally this game. Now, I thought despite the Raptors getting themselves back into the game with a flurry of runs multiple times during this game, the Miami Heat were never rattled. They always seemed so composed, and that could be with them being a veteran team, but it's not like the Raptors are a young team. I actually despise the idea or the notion that people believe that this team is young. No, this team isn't young. Your best player, or arguably your best player, is 30 years old. Your your key pieces are around 24, 25, or older. Your starting point guard is 30. Your starting big man is close to 30. And you can go down the line. This is not a young team. They have young pieces, but this is certainly not a young team. So you would expect the same kind of composure and the same kind of poise from a team that has won a championship, uh, from from an organization that has taken pride in the fact of being built on the defensive end, a team that and an organization that believes that they will be winning another championship. And I certainly did not see that energy tonight. Now, there were flashes of it where the Raptors would have their backs against the wall and they would push through. But you only saw that notably through the second quarter. And for majority of the night, it was led by Pascal Siakam and OG Adenobi, who combined for 53 points, going perfect from the free throw line at 13 for 13 and shooting 17 for 26 from the field and OG going 5 for 10 from 3 with a plethora of of assists, rebounds, steals and blocks to go along with it. But unfortunately, with the exception of Gary Trent Jr. and Pressure Sachuba to an extent, you had Scotty Barnes who absolutely struggled going 5 for 17 tonight, 2 for 7 from 3, two big threes and the fourth quarter, mind you. Jakob Pertl looked like Jakob Pertl from the beginning of this season, only scoring two points on a one-for-two attempts. 
and 4 for 18 from Dennis Schroeder. But that wasn't the worst of it tonight. To me, the Raptors simply lost the game on the defensive end. The point of attack defense was porous. And whenever the Raptors went zone, the Heat simply found the gaps, uh, most notably at the elbows, that created pain penetration, kickout opportunities, and opportunities to finish at the rim. Not to mention how many times the Raptors not only left shooters open, but did not recover, especially in the screen and roll, allowing free lanes to the basket. Now, kudos to the Raptors for keeping Kyle Lowry in check and Jimmy Butler for the most part, but you could not contain Duncan Robinson, who had a tough night from three, but somehow became a great paint finisher, uh, a la Max Struess against Cleveland. Caleb Martin being left open time and time again. He had a double-double with a very efficient 9-for-16 shooting from the field, 4-for-7 from 3, giving him 24 points and 12 rebounds. And I don't know if it's Jaime Jaquez or Jamie Jaquez coming off the bench, their version of Precious Achua, who was a minus 16, but he was arguably the most impactful minus 16 I've ever seen from a player with 15 points, coming up with big buckets, key stops, didn't record any steals, but he was always in the right place, right time, uh, on 6-for-13 shooting from the field, 1-for-4 from 3, and 2-for-2 from the free throw line. The Raptors lost three out of four quarters, and ultimately, if he didn't get the vibe, losing the game 112 to 103, where the Heat shot 41 for 89 from the field at 46%, 14 for 38 from three at just under 37%, and 16 for 19 from the free throw line at 84%. The Raptors shot 37 for 86 from the field at 43%, 14 for 37 from three at just under 38%, and 15 for 17 from the free throw line at 88%. The Raptors shot a great percentage, shot well from three, and shot well from the free throw line, with most of it coming from OG and Pascal. And normally when those things are in the positive, you're going to win games. But to me, the Raptors lost this game simply on two areas. The 14 turnovers that allowed the Miami Heat to get 15 points off of those turnovers and defensively as well. The thing that worries me the most about this team, other than the inconsistencies, is the effort on the defensive end. Now, we already know, and we've talked about it time and time again, and I do not do not want to sound like a broken record because you might not necessarily enjoy this spot, but for a team that is being built on the defensive end. Defense is an effort thing. It's a mindset thing. It's an approach thing. The Raptors' margin of error, because of the limitations that they have on the offensive end, is slim to none. Like, you can have one or two things wrong, but three, four, five things wrong, you're simply not going to win games. And and it was unfortunate because you saw the effort, but... It was only from a select few. And unfortunately, this Raptors team right now is top heavy. So your starting five have to bring it. I don't really see the philosophy or the difference between a Nick Nurse team and a Coach Darko team other than vibes are different and people are getting more opportunity, which I am all for. But this secondary unit is not good. Coach Darko has his hands tied. 
and I do not know what this guy is going to do. There are so many limitations with our second unit, and it's tough. It's hard because I think, for one, not having a solid point guard to lead that second unit is part of the issue. I also feel the fact that not having role definition, there should be a hierarchy when it comes to this. There should be no game where Dennis Schroeder should have the most field goal attempts. This is a guy who's a career mid 30% three-point shooter, and he went one for five from three, four for 18 from the game. He had more shots than Scotty Barnes, OG, and Pascal, and that simply cannot happen. I know some Raptors fans took exception to Fred Van Vliet being the favorite, quote-unquote, of Nicky Nurse. And I think you're starting to see that with Coach Darko and Dennis. I'm not trying to sound too negative. I really feel that Dennis, who has surpassed his contract greatly and has been a pleasant surprise, and I will admit that, but I think he was brought in here to be that stabilizing force between a new team and Coach Darko. However, with his limitations on the offensive end, especially as a shooter, when a team realistically needs spacing, Dennis should not be having the ball in his hand as much as he does. He's a good creator in the pick and roll. He's great in transition. All areas where the Raptors should be leaning into, but in no way, shape, or form on a night where Pascal is cooking, that he should not have the ball in his hands. And even OG, who were taking guys off the dribble, off the bounce, to the basket, I really felt that when the ball stuck in Dennis's hand, it really cost the Raptors offensively. And it led to forced opportunities on the offensive end from Dennis. And I know it definitely sounds like I'm piling on him, and I definitely do not want to come across like that, but... The Raptors took care of the areas of concern, especially from an efficient standpoint, from an offensive standpoint. They literally did their job, and somehow, some way, they still lose this game. And it has to do with the approach to this team. Now, I don't, I'm not saying at all that Coach Darko doesn't have his guys ready, but the Raptors have to be sound defensively, and their energy and effort need to be up Every single game. And after, I believe, six days rest. And you come out with this kind of effort. It's very concerning. And I believe there was a quote from Dennis Schroeder. That after 20 games that they're reaching a very important part of this season. It definitely sounds like history is repeating itself. Because we've heard this story before. We've seen this movie I just hope it definitely has a different ending. So let's quickly go into the individual stats tonight. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it. I already spoke about OG and Pascal combining for 53 points. 13 for 13 from the free throw line. 6 for 11 from 3. And you can go on and on. They were 17 for 26 combined from the field. They, they were solid on the offensive end. Some lapses defensively. But the team on the whole was not very good defensively. But... Solid games from him. I think this is the game that we've been wanting to see from OG for some time. And I know there was an injury. 
that kind of hindered that progress or at least the early progress from the early parts of this season. But it was nice to see him have this kind of game. Is it sustainable to this degree with him taking guys off the dribble from three and bodying every everyone that got into his way? Uh, Pascal uh, looking like Pascal Lavold. Do, do I see that as something sustainable? No, but I do feel like these are two guys that certainly need to be the focal point of the offense, especially right now. Scotty Barnes, again, not a very impactful night. Uh, had two big threes in the fourth quarter, but really struggled. Uh, I credit the Miami Heat for being a thorn in the Raptors' side tonight. They were very disruptive on the defensive end, uh, forced them into a lot of turnovers. Uh, Scotty just did not have an opportunity to get comfortable tonight. And it was just hard for him to establish himself this game. 12 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and a block. And as I mentioned, 5 for 17 from the field and 2 for 7 from 3. Jacoperto, as I mentioned, not a very good game. Offensively, definitely not a great game defensively. He looked a step slow. He was always behind the offensive player. He got beat off the bounce a ton tonight. Just a tough game for him. Two points, six rebounds, one assist on one for two shooting from the field. And Dennis Schroeder, as I mentioned, don't need to pile on him. He has looked better, but I want to see those shot attempts go down. Four for 18 for Dennis Schroeder for a, a player that does not have a great shot and does most of his damage in the paint. We have enough guys that can do that. I want to see what else you can do for me, Dennis. Nine points, five rebounds, five assists on four for 18 shooting from the field, one for five from three, and no attempts from the free throw line. If, if the free throw attempts were up, you could kind of live with it, but his game was forced tonight, no, no doubt about it. He has looked better, and this is arguably one of his worst games as a Toronto Raptor. As we look at the role players, Chris Boucher, tough game for him. Could not get it going offensively, only four rebounds tonight. Preston Tuchua. An okay game offensively. He did a little bit of everything, but again, seemed out of, out of place at times and not under control. Nine points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, and a four for seven shooting from the field, and one for three from three. I think if the Raptors and if Precious Achua want a prototype or a player that Precious should mirror, is Hawkeyes Jr. He is basically their version of Precious Achua. Doesn't excel at anything, but does a little bit of everything well, and that's what Precious could do. Uh, I, I thought he he's more offensively polished than Precious, but on a defensive end, Precious definitely takes the lead. But the one thing that they have in common is effort and energy. The difference is Hakez Jr. is far more under control. And... He has a role on that team. Precious Achua having the green light or the flexibility to kind of do what he wants with the second unit is something that the Raptors definitely have to revisit, or more particularly Coach Darko. Otto Porter Jr., definitely happy to see him back. Did not have the impact offensively that we desperately needed, but somehow managed to be a plus 14, uh, minus a couple lapses defensively. He was solid, was, was a plus 14, one of the three Positive players and plus-minus for the Raptors uh, with Boucher and Gary Trent Jr. rounding out that list. But no points for Otto. Two rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. Uh, Malachi Flynn, only one three. Didn't play a ton. 
and that could have been because he was a liability on the defensive end. And Gary Trent Jr., an efficient game from him, went 5 for 11 from the field, 3 for 7 from 3, and 2 for 2 from the free throw line, giving him 15 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, there was a couple possessions where he created a drive and kick opportunity. I believe one of them was to Scotty, and I don't recall where the other was, but he did not settle. He was looking at what the defense was, was giving him, and he stayed patient. Nothing seemed forced tonight for Gary. Um, something that you definitely hope he can lean into. Just just keep it simple and work within the offense. And most importantly, take advantage of the opportunities when they present themselves. The Raptors now are 9-12 and 12 on the season. They will have a day's rest before taking on the Charlotte Hornets on December 8th, a Friday night. With a 7 p.m. tip-off, a Hornets team that has lost Lomelo Ball, but are still somewhat competitive. They're 6-13 uh, on the season. Uh, this is a team that is young, rebuilding. Uh, the Raptors can definitely take advantage of this team that is in the rebuilding phases. Uh, they can lean into their experience. They have the players that can be disruptive defensively and make the Charlotte Hornets certainly uncomfortable, but they definitely are not going to back down. They certainly have the green light with being led by Terry Rozier, Scary Terry. They don't call him that for no reason. But this is a team that likes to push the ball up the floor, likes to take a ton of threes, and if you're not careful, they can certainly run you out the gym. So as we look at a quick preview for that game, take care of the basketball match their energy and effort, and lean into your experience. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time talking about what the Raptors can do against the Charlotte Hornets team, a Hornets team that is struggling with health issues and that is looking for an identity. But they are a young, hungry team, and they are looking to establish themselves. They're, they have a mixture of veterans. I know I focused on Scary Terry, but they have Gordon Hayward. That's there. They have a combination of veterans and young players, but a team that is looking to make a name for himself, to reinvent themselves. Every game is an opportunity for them, and if the Raptors are not careful, they might be the opportunity that the Hornets are looking for. However, I do believe that the Raptors are, and I say this with confidence, are the superior team within the two and should come away with the victory. But it definitely is up to the Raptors. If they're going to come out with the same kind of effort after six days rest against the Miami Heat, they're going to have a tough time defeating the Charlotte Hornets. And I'll leave it off there, folks. Thank you to all listeners, new and old, for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you. I also appreciate everybody rocking with me despite how this season has gone on. I know that we're talking more about losses than victories as of late, but... I think a lot of what we're seeing right now was to be expected. I just don't think any of us thought that it was going to be as disappointing, I guess that might be the poor word, uh, as disappointing as it has been. The way that they have lost games, uh, kind of a, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, or Harvey Dent and Two-Face, you really don't know which version of this team you're going to get. And I think 
they are continuing to figure out who they are as a team and figuring out who their identity is or what their identity is more specifically but time is ticking and the part that is mostly concerning about the way this team is functioning right now is with three pending free agents potentially four you want to not show them that you'll be able to take care of them financially but offer them a winning environment and the Raptors certainly have work to do on that end. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It'll mean so much if you take time to do so. And until the next episode, which will be very soon, and I do apologize that I, I did say that I was going to get a weekly pod. I'm still working on it. Be patient. There's one coming. So be on the lookout for that. And we will be talking very soon come Friday night, everyone. Until then, please continue to stay healthy. And stay safe, good people. Peace.